welcome back to Hollywood Dish, the show where we dish all things Hollywood. I'm Rebecca North, and joining me as always is my co-host, Nicole Rovine. But today, it's not just the two of us. We have a very special guest, the SNL stats legend and self-proclaimed Kardashian expert, Rich Tackenberg. Hello. I Rich. still Hi, think Nicole. this is a booking mistake. I don't <laughs> understand why I'm here. I think it's you wanted me here. I think you wanted me here so you guys could feel better about yourselves. And I will <laughs> deliver on that expectation. Bring yeah, it on. Damn, bring that's it on. That's really what it is. Yes. We're, yep. just, we're testing you. We're scamming you. Be very afraid. All right. I'm on it. That's I'm on it. Say. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. And Nicole, how are you? Give me your weekly update. I'm great. You know what? When I really look back at it, I've had a better week than I thought I did. I saw Wicked on Broadway, which is my favorite musical. I hadn't seen it live years and years, probably eight or nine years seen it live. And it was just the most amazing experience. Um, I've watched a lot of television. I'm in my euphoria era. So everyone who was concerned about me in my succession era um, and my mental health and my sanity, uh, fear not because I have a new hyperfixation. Um, it's the same degree of intensity and it's just a new source. So you know what? We're, we're just moving and moving along. Um, still a little bit crazy, but we have new source material to work with. So that's amazing for me. You know, we can we can move along hyperfixations in a very natural, healthy manner. And like, what more can you ask for as someone who has a little bit of a, an intense personality with pop culture consumption like me? I'm feeling amazing. Yeah. Thank you. How are you, Rebecca? Well, I'm a lot better now to hear that I don't have to see succession content on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok every single time I log on from you. And I love Euphoria, so I'm, I'm on board with this. Um, I'm good. It's five o'clock here in Seattle, which means uh, two and a half hours till I get to watch Jeopardy and watch Amy Schneider. For those of you who don't know, it's not going to be a story today, but I feel really passionate about sharing that Amy Schneider is, I think today's her 37th consecutive day, which I hope is a win. I don't know yet. I'm sure everyone watching on the East Coast knows by now, but um, 37 consecutive day, which means if she wins tomorrow on Monday, she'll be the second winner of all time for most consecutive games won. She'll beat out um, Matt Ar Ar Armadillo, something like that, Matt Armadillo. Um, on Friday, she'll tie him, and I'm just like living for it as someone who watches Jeopardy every single day of my life. This is exciting. And the fact that Jeopardy's in the news is always good. So everything's good over here. How about you, Rich? How are you? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. You watch Jeopardy. First of all, before the Amy thing, you've been a Jeopardy fan? Every single day of my life. And if I'm not like at home, my parents record it. And if not, I Google and find out um, who won, what's the deal, and like top questions. So do you have one of those things that we used to call a television Yes, I don't pay for cable um, because I'm cheap, but I got right, um, right. a little like, I forget what it's called, but I just connected it. I get all the free local channels, which is Komono for News. And Antenna? Antenna, yes. Oh I my God. Yeah, oh, I got an antenna because I'm too cheap to pay for cable, but I watch Jeopardy every single night. And if not, I find that like I'm the biggest nerd. And I did. After I graduated college, I was just playing around and like did the college um, test online and I passed. So I could have been, I'm not smart enough for the adult one yet. I have a few more years I need to practice. 
Well, if I was worried about, I was worried about feeling way too old and out of touch, but the fact that you have an antenna (laughs) on a TV to watch Jeopardy, I'm way more comfortable now. Let's do this. Yes. That's even more, I think that's even more respectable than if you just had a normal TV. Like yeah. having yeah. an antenna, like that's effort. That's old school. $15 on Amazon. Yeah. I was like, I'm not paying for cable. Oh, no. you should drop the link and, and I will. sponsor. I'll, you could I'll be a really good uh, influencer post. for them. Yeah. You could TV get them a lot channels. of business. You could make it such a cool, like you could frame it as like a smart, Retro. savvy, like, like Gen Z millennial cusp vibe of being really like in the know and also very <laughs> resourceful. Like you could yeah. spin it a Retro. million ways. I'm, yeah. But I'm afraid that some of the younger listeners says, well, listen to Rebecca, order it, and then try to stick the antenna into the USB-C port of their <laughs> laptop to try to figure out how do I get Jeopardy on my laptop? Yeah. yeah. That's true. That, that is fair. so true. Rich, we'll talk after this. Um, yes. Okay. Right. Well, I yeah. think let's just dive in. What we do for this is our first guest, and we're so honored that you're here to join us to be yeah. our first guest and to give the lay of the land to you and to any new listeners out there or viewers. Um, we'll also be interacting in the chat with people. Uh, we start with a cold open and like weekend updates. So the more serious news that is being, being discussed that we could see having be the cold open or the weekend update discussing it. So this week, shocker, it's COVID. Um, it's typically COVID, but at least this week it's COVID protection. Um, as of January 19th, Americans will be able to have four at-home COVID tests shipped to their house for free. The website went live on Tuesday and the internet is going wild, but also like, it's super exciting. I mean, I'm like tapped yeah. out of at-home COVID tests. So this was really helpful for me. Yeah, I think this is like perfect fodder for SNL because I, I was like digging through memes um, as I always do a little bit too much in, in my day. And it's like this this whole concept is just it's the perfect satire material. It's like you can only get four. So the best one that Rebecca will like, um, I think, is is a an America America's Next Top Model reference. Five of you stand before me, but I only have four at home rapid COVID tests in my hands. And it's a picture of Tyra Banks. That one's so good. And of course, a succession one I I, I picked out because I'm sorry I said I was I was over it and I lied. I'm a liar. Um, who gets the four COVID tests? And it's a picture of all the succession uh, characters. And it's like seven of them in the picture. And we can only choose four to, to win. Um, and then my, my third one I wanted to bring to, to the table is somebody goes, um, and I'll, I'll cite these also. And so in the, in the chat, I'll, I'll, these are not my original ideas. Um, the first, the first meme was at I am Muhair underscore on Twitter. The second one was Abby Barr on Twitter. And then this one is trash Jones on Twitter. And they say, we really told the government we needed COVID tests for free. And all they heard was for free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Where, I trash Jones, very that. funny. Yes. <laughs> that that's so, so good funny. for free. That like that that'd be a great rap. Like Chris read on SNL this weekend. Any thoughts? Like for free. It's also a great, great uh, really good Drake song for free, but it's mm-hmm. not spelled out for. Like there's, I want Chris Red to tap into this after his episode last week. Like I want him to take this meme it and turn it into something genius and amazing. What do you think, Rich? 
Oh, I would love this. This is great. You're right. because And I also think this is perfect fodder because for the people that I know that have chosen to not get vaccinated, they don't want to take COVID tests when they're sick because they don't want to have to say that they had COVID. So now it's like I'm anti-vax and I'm anti-government, but there's free stuff. And do I not get free stuff from the government? Like I, that's such an interesting quandary. So I feel like it's kind of an idiot test that like if you can and fill out the form and get your COVID test, great. But if you choose not to, you're kind of an idiot by default. So it's like knowing yeah. who doesn't get it is just as interesting as who does. I'd love SNL to do something with this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. And also the like, other I'm, I'm bit in, of like, yeah. well, the other bit of COVID news also is just that the government's like, what is, what are we like a year, almost two years into COVID and the Biden administration is going to distribute 400 million and 95 pass uh, masks to the public and local pharmacies, health centers uh, for free also. But like, yeah, this is all great, but we're two years into a pandemic and just had a major surge. So like now we're getting all of this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's um, I mean, it, it, it took a while, but I, I think if anything, it sounds like now they just have so many resources that have been being produced over this time and the balance of production and dis distribution has, has been a wreck and people don't know, they haven't known what to do. So now I, I almost think this is a sign of the pandemic. They can forecast that it's really, we're not going to have a ton more surges and a lot more roadblocks ahead because if they're ready to distribute all these things that they've been manufacturing over this time, that tells me that it doesn't mean that they're going to be producing more. It's not like they just, everybody woke up and 400 million masks like came out of thin air. Like this means that they're, they're ready to just dump the supply out into the world and they, they're aren't they not being as, as picky and choosy about it anymore. So to me, that's a good sign. Yeah. And Nicole, you're a more of a marketing maven than I am, but I want to pitch you in SNL marketing, text marketing of the SNL network podcast placed in reviews for counterfeit N95 masks on Amazon, because all I've spent the last three weeks is doing is trying to read reviews of N90, KN95 masks to see which are counterfeit and which are real. And everybody's putting links to other stuff in there. I feel like this is a huge side hustle we can have. We're going to get all yes. the people who desperately want cheap quality black N95 masks to become SNL network listeners through very discreet <laughs> linking of our podcast. Throwing it out. Okay, there. noted. Noted. Thank Good. you. And you you Good. are yourself a marketing maven because I sense the enthusiasm and the brilliance. And we're gonna work, we're gonna work on that. No we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We're <laughs> workshop it. Yeah, all Good. night. We're gonna Good. we're gonna be writing notes. We're gonna figure this out. Beautiful. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So we're thinking back, you know, SNL related. Um, I think that the cold open, it's gonna be COVID related. Um I don't know quite what else it's it, there hasn't been that much else going on. I'd say in pop culture and in politics, it's been a bit slower than usual. Um, yeah. So I think they're not going to much outside of COVID to really dive into. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the political and news is more like worldwide with a lot of stuff happening in Russia and a lot of stuff happening. I do think they could do something with all like the Trump and the judging that's all happening right now, but I think it's still ongoing that I don't think they want to waste their efforts now rather than next week when things start to wrap up or we have more of a clear idea of like who's getting in trouble about um, uh, January 6th and and what's happening with everything in Russia. I feel like next week we'll have a lot more to talk about that. But for now, there's nothing like concrete about any of that. So I think a lot of the COVID talk will definitely be the cold open. 
I think you're right. I think it's going to be one of the kind of roundtable catch up where we'll do like a Judge Janine or a Britney Spears talk show, which we'll talk about, or something where we can get a couple of different stories in in kind of quick segments. And, you know, because you're right, they just did, JAJ just did, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, the president. So the fact that he did a huge, the president did a huge press conference would be redundant. So mm -hmm. I bet we'll get a little bit of a revolving door kind of cold open. Okay. Yeah, what a great transition. I know you said Britney Spears, and I know Nicole's been dying to talk about this. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, really, really good transition. That was, that was the um, best am, we've had. Best we've had. That's, I, yeah. I am just, I'm exploding about this news story. I think most people are kind of spiraling about it as well, also because there there isn't that much news happening, like, I think it's just like a January thing. Like it's not, it's a, it's the type of story that is, there's so much underneath it and there's so much to think about. And it's like, I find myself not that distracted by other things. So I'm just very all in on this. And that is the Britney Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears saga, everything going on right now with them. And so as we've known that Britney Spears was, had her conservatorship that she was under for a very long time. And the pandemic was partially responsible, I think for people exposing that her biggest fans really digging deep and, and figuring out what was going on there and and helping her to get out of it um which now that's that's in motion and and she has this freedom that she hasn't had in years and years um but her sister who is best known for starring on zoe 101 um which i know rebecca and i watched uh back in the day i don't know were you were you a zoe 101 guy <laughs> rich uh, if 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 you mean heard of it, no. I mean, I yeah, I have an idea <laughs> okay. of what it is. It sounds like a class that I failed in college years ago. No, I don't. I don't know anything yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just. It was. It was a a good like teen show back. I don't know how old we were, Rebecca, but it was like, yeah. it was the kind of thing where it was teenagers and we were like a few years younger than them at the time. And so it was this very aspirational, cool kind of yeah. thing for us when we were they like little. Went to boarding a school. They went right, to boarding, boarding school, school. and it, it's actually based in Pepperdine. Like, so it's oh. gorgeous. It's in California. Mm -hmm. So that's where it was like filmed and kind of based after, but it was a boarding school. And it was just like, I'm going to go to high school in a few years and my high school is not going to be this cool on Long Island. Like, so <laughs> it was kind yeah. of just, it was like a fantasy high school experience, but they were in boarding school. I don't know, but she kind of got her claim to fame. And then the show right. ended up um, being canceled when Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant really young. Right. So yeah, she was 16. Um, and she, so that changed the course I'd say of her, of her career. She decided to have the baby. She got married young and, um, her life and Brittany's life lives. They were both in the industry. They're about 10 years apart, but that was a, a juncture where their lives definitely, uh, kind of took different turns. Um, and Brittany continued to be very famous, except we now know there was a lot more going on under, mm -hmm. underneath that. Um, but anyway, so the story is Jamie Lynn Spears has, published a book um, right now, which the, the timing just feels very cringy. And it feels like she's trying to capitalize on Britney's trauma and Britney's pain and insert herself into a narrative where people have considered her to be one of the perpetrators of a lot of the, the abuse and the trauma. Uh, other people think we don't have enough information to deem her a perpetrator of abuse or anything along those lines. Um, there was a rumor that, or it was, it was published in, in, online that the title of the book was going to be I Must Confess, which is a Britney lyric. And then it turned out that that wasn't supposed to be right. But it's just this kind of sticky thing of 
is someone lying here? Were you just trying to test the waters, throw a story out there to get, you know, but whatever. So that happened. So now the book is out and people are talking about it. And I have so many mixed feelings. I've been listening to all of the, the coverage. She's been doing a lot of interviews. She did the Call Her Daddy podcast. Um, and I have a lot of theories about this, but just like base baseline, what what's everybody's feelings about Jamie Lynn and her current, what she's up to with, with her book promotion in the context of the Britney Spears conservatorship ending and the freedom and the, the Britney being the kind of, she's kind of like the people's princess in a lot of ways, like Princess Diana, like Tom Wamsgans, that's another succession reference two so far. I'm hoping it will, I'll cap it at five by the end of this. Um, but she's like the people's princess. And and I think it's hard for us to want to insert another person into that when we're really trying to focus on Britney, because she's always been like our, our hero. Um, so it's very, I have so many mixed feelings, but I, I'll leave it for, for now. What's, what's everybody's take on this whole thing? Yeah. I mean, she is capitalizing on all of Britney's years and years of trauma. And as like, as messed up as all of that is at that rate, like it was supposed to, the name of the book was supposed to be, I must confess. And she's already diving really deep into the whole capitalizing on all her sister's trauma. Like why change it? Just be like, yeah, own it. If you're going to do it, own it. Like your relation, you can't mend your relationship with her now after contributing to a lot of the conservatorship and we're not fighting for her. And if you're going to do it, your relationship's not mending. So if I were her, I would just like full send it. I mean, like ride this train and do it. Well, I don't agree with everything she's doing, but she's already, she's doing enough. She's going on podcasts and then the podcasts are using her, like call her daddy for a two part episode with like every, all the drama. It's just, it's a little desperate, but like, I mean, if you're going to do it, just let like live up to it and just say, yeah, fine. I must confess that's the title of the book. And like, I, justice for Britney Spears always like this is never ending she's freed like she's mm -hmm. freed but she can't go anywhere without talking about this and Rich I'm so curious what you think well, yeah what do you think to say that I would be lost is an understatement now I do know all about <laughs> Britney Spears because I saw the documentary and stuff but I can't get my head around so help me with this before any of this did you guys were you pro Jamie Lynn Spears or or not or like what did we think about her as a group before she weighed in on this yeah i think as a group it was more like her dad was the main criminal and her mom sure. and jamie lynn spears were just kind of bystanders so i don't think anyone thought that they were like directly doing stuff but now it kind of turns out she was kind of benefiting from the whole conservatorship but it was more just like do something like no one was team jamie lynn spears because she just watched as all this happened to her sister or like so we thought like it wasn't as evil as like her dad but now looking at it it kind of is yeah and I think the, the the thing people are finding is she's only really ever spoken at convenient times and you can't find evidence of her doing something in her sister's favor that is going against any sort of selfish desires. Anything that you can mm -hmm. find that she's doing something for her sister, it's it's linked to something for herself. It's hard to make the argument that that she has ever really tried for her sister. But then on the other hand, um, I do the problem with someone like Alex Cooper on Call Her Daddy giving Jamie Lynn Spears a platform to speak is that when you're a podcast interviewee um, and you get the chance to just speak one-on-one -on -one with someone, that it, that humanizes you. It's, it's, it's hard 
unless you are very enraged and impulsive in the way that you present yourself, I'd say eight times out of 10, seven, eight times out of 10, you're going to come off as more of a sympathetic, empathetic character after being interviewed in that context than before. It just humanizes. You get to hear that person's perspective. And that's why I'm frustrated that she got the the platform on Call Her Daddy, which is a huge platform worth millions of dollars for, for Spotify. It's, it's huge. And whereas Joe Rogan is multiple times a week, Call Her Daddy pretty much is once a week. So every single, and it's one guest per episode. So every single guest is a big deal. It's a huge decision. They're not just having tons of people in and out of there. Every guest is a huge guest by definition of the way they operate that show. So um, that's what's hard for me is I, after listening to the interview, I have more empathy for Jamie Lynn Spears and I understand where she's coming from, but I didn't really want to be feeling that way. And I, I think that she isn't the person that should be being centered so much. Um, but then we also, we need to remember she was, I think most people agree that the parents in the situation are the most, uh, they are harmful and abusive and they were all raised by the same parents. So I guess we we see there, there's some understanding there that that it's not just that Brittany was the only victim involved. Um, but I just, I'm a little bit frustrated at myself even for seeing the empathy when I do want this to be focused on Brittany and I don't want other people in her orbit to be trying to clear their name for some quick cash or to try to clear their name um, just because it's convenient or whatever it, it may be. So that is where I'm a bit in a bind. I also really questioned Jamie Lynn on a subconscious level because, you know, if you want to clear your name and distance yourself from the father of the family that was really, you know, did all the horrible things, do you really go on a podcast named Call Her Daddy? Isn't that subconsciously kind of <laughs> in your hand that you're actually pro the father who was the evil conservator? Mm -hmm. I, I, I call foul. I did not see. I have see, not. This thought is that why. This is why we knew that you would you would get it because you see things, Rich. That pe people who just listen to Call Her Daddy like over and over, like they they don't. Like, we all we need to step outside the box and hear you say stuff like that because it's you're so right. You're very right. Alex Cooper, she's tried to kind of reclaim the trope of, you know, men and daddy and right. all that stuff by calling herself daddy. But it's kind of the same thing. This the power structure. She's still this huge, big machine, kind of sold herself. And I say this respectfully, but like sold herself to Spotify for millions of dollars. And it was a great deal. And now she's probably the rich, like richest, most powerful woman in podcasting of all time. Um, so She's a businesswoman, first and foremost, and she makes these decisions about who she's going to have on for business reasons. And I'm, and so she is, she might be a woman reclaiming that trope of daddy, but it's still the trope in action. So you, I, I really am glad that you said that. Now I'm like thinking yeah. about it a lot. I mean, I could go on and on about what I think about Call Her Daddy and all things Barstool to begin with. But I'm curious, Nicole, did you listen to the podcast? I did. I did. I mean, the good the good news of all of this, Jamie Lynn Spears and Brittany, just to bring it back, is Brittany is finally doing something about it, which I'm just happy to see because during the conservatorship, she was never able to do anything. And now we're seeing what freedom is like for Britney Spears in the year 2020, 2022. I was going to say 2020 and just end it there, but 
2022. And Brittany sent her sister a cease and assist letter demanding she stop talking about her on her book tour. But that is more of a legal stance after Brittany took to Instagram to share her initial response and said, Jamie Lynn, I wasn't strong enough to do what I should have done. Slapped you a mama right across your fucking faces and go off, go off. She should, she deserves to. I'm like, let her go on social media. Let her do a cease and assist. I'm just happy she's able to take legal action. Finally, like able to have some sort of freedom. She's able to post that on Instagram. So that is the only positive thing I've gotten out of the stories all week is Brittany has a voice now and she's using do we it. Think, so. Do we think there's a chance that we get an actual Britney Spears cameo on SNL at some point? Because it seems like a perfect Ooh. drop in. It seems yes, like I, do. I don't think she I mean, they would book her as a guest in a second. But I I don't I'm guessing that she might not be up for hosting the whole show. But as a cameo, especially if you do the Britney Spears talk show and then have as a guest Britney Spears chef's kiss. How great would that be? I would love it. And I do think we're getting to the point in Britney's life and in the in the SNL climate of the way they've addressed Britney um, that I think it would be a hundred. I, I, yes, I think it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. OK, good. I so love happy. that. Yeah. And All right. Let's really go to our next similar one, news. <laughs> yeah. Very really similar. similar. News. Exactly the same. Wordle. Um, I'm sure if you have a Facebook or Twitter or I guess Instagram or TikTok, any form of social media, you've heard about Wordle and <laughs> it's taken the world by storm. I was reading something that in November, it's an app for background. Um, it's an app where you guess it's a word app that this engineer, Josh Wardle, who was a software engineer in Brooklyn created for his partner. His partner loves games. It was the pandemic and just coded this type of guessing game where you get it's a five letter word and if it's yellow like you guess it it's a grid so it's a five by six grid you guess a word which i always start with ado because it has a lot of vowels in it and it shows yellow if the letter is in the word black if the letter is not the word and green if it's in the right position in the word and you get six different tries to guess it correctly and Overnight, it is it has taken the wordle by storm. Thank you, John, for that in the comments. Um, mm -hmm. It really has. It's. Are you guys playing it? Yep, every day. So I had I was playing it, and I could not for like two or three days. I thought it was the most boring freaking game I've ever played in my life. And I would I would open the app and I would be like, I don't get it. And I don't understand why people are posting colored boxes. And it took me three days to realize I wasn't playing the Wordle that everyone else was playing. I was playing an app that was a clone that somebody mm. posted a fast crap word game thing. under the name Wordle. And I didn't even know it's not an app. It's a website. And so I, I came late to Wordle, but now I am playing it. Yes. Yes, that is that was an issue. And people were like, um, and turn it because it's not an app. It's just a website. So there have been multiple instances of people taking it and turning it into an app and profiting off of it, um, which I guess intellectual property on the Internet, I think, is uh, close to dead. I, I don't know how that's going to be sustainable. You both I'm the least, I think, tech 
educated person on this call, but um, I, if I got into it, you me. would be really bored. You would be really, really bored <laughs> if I got into the intellectual property of it. Yeah. But the fun thing is, is exactly to Rich's point, um, Wardle pitched this game to his friends in 2013 and they said, no, no one's going to like this. And then in the pandemic, he just created it. And I think what kind of made it go, I think it was like 90 players on it to like hundreds of thousands, like in the course of like a few weeks was that you have that social media feature when Wardle figured out that people were really into this game. He gave an option where you're able to share it without spoiling it. So the way you do it is the boxes are black, green, and yellow, and you're able to just like export whatever score you get for the day onto your Facebook and Twitter. And then everyone's like, what are these dots? Literally just as Rich was saying. And I had the same like bootleg app too before. And I was like, this isn't fun. And I'm someone that does shocker. You guys are going to learning about all the inner nerd and me this episode. I do Mm -hmm. like the daily, the New York Times daily crossword and the mini and the spelling bee every Mm -hmm. single day. And I love that type of daily time it like right in my group chat with my mom, dad, and sister and say, this is how quick I did. This is how many tries I did. So it's just that kind of excitement. That's so simple, but we're talking about it. I agree. And I like it because it's, it's not, it's different from anything else of its kind, except I guess New York times that all of those games are a little bit like this, but there's only one answer every day and one opportunity to play every single day. Um, and so it, it's striking this very different model of it's it's more of like a routine than an addiction based. So they, it's not like a Candy Crush or a Subway Surfers or a, um, I do like words with friends and and my um, game pigeon on my phone. I do. I'm addicted to those word games. And so those are all you can do as many as you want all day, every day. And it's it's like feeding off of our addiction like cycles and just the humanity of like addiction of being like, Oh, I can do this all the time. I'm going to get the highest score and do it faster than everyone else. And, um, but this is like, you only have one chance. And so for me, I find like, it's like something I do at like 12, 17 AM. Cause I go to bed later than I wish I did. And I'm always up at 12, 17 AM. And so it's just nice. It's like a routine thing. Like when the clock strikes 12 and it's a new day, I'm like, Oh, here we go. I have something to look forward to, you know, to like, keep me over the edge of the hump of the day if I need to like stay up a little late to like get, get work done or whatever. Um, and I feel like it's everyone, what I like about it is it's, it's so ingrained in everyone's routine who does it, like whether you're like a 12, 17 AM or like me, or you do it at the, you know, at the like breakfast table, or you do it on your lunch break, like everybody has their routine about it. And it's so it's, it's like unifying, but it's also very unique because everyone puts it into their life lives, however they want to. And I, I, I really am enjoying it. I agree. I mean, what you guys were saying, I think the genius of it more than anything was those stupid colored boxes because you people post about everything on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. I don't care. I, I don't have time for any of this crap. But seeing those green and yellow and black boxes, like, what the fuck is that? Like, what are you guys doing? And I sought it out, not because I wanted to be part of the pop mm-hmm. culture, because I just wanted to understand what those stupid boxes were. But I love the community. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of when HQ trivia was taking off, how like everyone thought it was stupid, then everyone kind of started watching, but it's not time dependent. And it's and this nice, simple thing we can all do. 
and it doesn't mean anything, but I will tell you something. Today, on my fourth guess, I put the T in the first position, even though I had already put the T in the first position mm-hmm. earlier and it was yellow. And I almost threw my laptop across the room because a friend of mine who I barely knew in high school 22 years ago solved it in three. And that was my third guess that I wasted. And I was furious at myself. So screw you, Wordle. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun craze. And I mean, when we could talk about something just stupid and fun like that, I love it. Um, And yeah, I mean, everyone just look up Wordle. I mean, give Wardle the credit he deserves because he's really not he's not getting paid off of this at all. So, I mean, share this with your friends. And when it does become an app or something where he can profit, download it and support him because um, I have a. I have a soft spot in my heart for software engineers and the people who work so hard to do this. So definitely you mean, support You mean software engineers. She means software yeah. engineers, of which of whom I'm she's not. One. I'm not a software engineer. I just am really close you're to basically, them. basically. You're, you're like super close. Basically. I'm an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. In my in my mind, how I perceive things, like it's all it's all the same. It's like it's like the, the tech nerds are are in this category that I really respect and I, I aspire to and it's all the same, and I'm very <laughs> impressed with with everyone. It's all this this bubble to me, and I'm just good for you. Do Rebecca and I are going to discuss it more on our new spinoff podcast, Hollywood IP Dish. It's a it's a very <laughs> very specific spinoff podcast. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Plugging in. Yes. All right. We're going to do another little pivot, um, and it's going to be so. The thing about this podcast is we find it very very difficult not to have Kardashian adjacent news. I don't think we will ever have an episode where we do not talk about the Kardashians. And it's we're big fans of them, but we also I think we we're big fans of a, a wide variety of things, Rebecca. Like it's not just that that's our yeah. ride or die, you know, it's just that the Kardashians what's very magical about them is they really are always newsworthy and they are always making headlines and the other thing about yeah. them is they are connected to everyone. They are kind of the episode That's what I was going to say of pop culture so any name like you can kind of find a way to to bring it back to them and these two names that are in the news it's all it's it's one person who is all, also pretty much always making the rounds on this, this <laughs> podcast that we talk about um so these two people are very close to the kardashians and that would be you want to guess rich or no we talked about it i won't i, I know guess. i only <laughs> know from you trust me i only know because you told me ahead of time <laughs> let me yeah. tell you okay yeah um so it has to do with pete davidson and Kanye West, or excuse me, Yay. Legally, Yay. That is his name now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard Rich, but Yay is his name. So if you hear I only it, know this from last week's Hollywood Dish podcast. <laughs> That's the, it's the yes. only way I know. Yes. Yep. Glad we could educate. Glad we could yes. educate. But yeah, so everyone listening, if you didn't hear us last week, call him Yay, because Wikipedia does his girlfriend of, at this point, two weeks or so. At, when we were talking about it last week, it was his yeah. girlfriend of five days. Everybody close to him, far from him, everyone between... Call him Ye. That's his name. Um, anyway, so so we've all been kind of at the edge of our seats wondering, like, who's going to talk about the whole uh, Pete and Kim thing and the, the Kanye and Julia thing and th- these these two emerging, uh, very newsworthy, interesting relationships of these, these recently divorced, mid-process of divorced, um, extremely famous billionaire couple of Kim and Kanye, Kim and Ye. And so Kanye... Uh, made a strike, uh, if you want to call it that, and some some lyrics were released um, on this new new song with the game called Easy, 
So he's airing out his his family drama, family laundry. Um, and he said, I don't know if I if I want to use the the slight curse words here. Um, I think it's 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 okay. Just you know, okay. fast forward if if you're like in the car with with your kids. Um, so he says in these new lyrics. God saved me from that fatal crash just so I can beat Pete Davidson's ass from the best lyrical rap rapper, musician, genius of our times. Yay. That's what he has to say about Pete Davidson in the context of Pete's relationship with the mother of his four children, Kim Kardashian. What's everybody think? Yeah, you want to start with me? That's insane. Sure. Uh, here's my all right. <laughs> I, here's wanted my to, big, I wanted to hear it. <laughs> here's the perspective, the question that I have for you guys, because you guys are Kim Kardashian fans. Bless you. When she decided to marry Kanye, did either of you actually think that's going to end well? Yeah, I think that'll be okay. That's that's not going to be a fucking traffic accident. But what did you guys think when it was good? I I was shocked. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I never thought it would work out. And we've seen Kim Kardashian have a few marriages or engagements. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be short. But the second they had four kids together and Kim went through a lot with her pregnancies and like they had a surrogate. So they were fully, fully committed to this. So I honestly thought they were just like end game at this point. Like Kim is offended. Yay. In so many different ways. That felt so weird. Um, <laughs> in so many different ways and a bunch of different things that have happened. And I was like, this is it. They're, they're meant for each other clearly, but I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's I think for me, to you me. have to think you have to think of the the context and and they're both well really Kim is very humble about the way she talks about their beginnings and she says she said so many times that she would never have been regarded as a fashion icon if not for Kanye. She wouldn't have been invited to the Met Gala if not for Kanye. And now it's like it sort of feels like Kanye might not be invited without Kim as of, you know, a year two years ago. Um and Kanye's place in the fashion world really allowed Kim to be respected on this other level. And she was kind of frowned upon as this like C-list reality star assistant to Paris Hilton for a long time. And, and then she, she kept growing a bit. And then Kanye was really the stamp of approval because we have to think of the context at the time, Kanye was not considered, um, he, he was the, the genius of him was much more, um, just permeating the discourse around him than maybe the concerns about his mental health and um, more erratic behaviors. Like it, that wasn't as much what people were talking about. It was just, he is the rapper. He's the best rapper of our, of our time. This was He's pre red hat. That's how I think of that period for him. Yes. There you yes. Go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was, you yeah. know, like early, like, like 2010, 11, 12, 13, they'd been yeah. friends for a long time, but like the early stages of their romance, like eight, nine years ago, um, and it was like Kanye was the biggest deal and it was Kim who people were kind of like, oh, like, like she's with him. And and now it's like that it, they've kind of flipped that script the last few years. And um, and you can even see that on SNL, like the 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 impression of both of them. It was always like Kim was the dud who was just and it was it was a great impression. Draw is amazing. But, you know, she was portraying a version of him that now I think even very casual Kardashian viewers would agree it's, it is a bit more reductive than the type of portrayal of Kim that we are comfortable with or that we're interested in at this point in yeah. time. So it's, it's just interesting to think of the, the context then. So I 
I was, if anything, surprised because I was like, oh, like a reality star, like, okay, Kanye, you know, sure. And then all of a sudden she's blossomed into something that is totally on in a league of her own. And so it's just their journey together has been fascinating. And I think that she is, will always be really indebted to him for a lot of her career. And I just love how she's very aware of that and like never denies that, you know, she's amazing, but she also really like acknowledges that. Yeah, I mean, her career path is very different than most. It went from movie star to reality TV star to now just mm. influencer. So usually yeah. it's the opposite. But yeah, I mean, the lyrics are good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, that's really smart. And Kanye is just, he's a genius in all that aspect. Like, he's good with lyrics. And he knows the second he wrote Pete Davidson in a song, and it wasn't even his song, like, he knew it was going to make the news. He knew it was going to blow up and he knows how to do it. Like he knows what's up. The song dropped the same week that uh, it was announced. He was headlining Coachella. Like it's all, he's very calculated for someone you wouldn't think is in that way. And I mean, the song is actually good all around if you listen to it, but uh, yeah, I I was just waiting, just waiting to hear Pete Davidson come out of his mouth. Well, now I have a question for you guys about that. What I know about Kanye West can fit on a pin, but I have this vague memory that at some point Kim Kardashian leaked audio that showed that his beef with Taylor Swift was actually pre-planned by the two of them to give both of them uh, uh, publicity, uh, if I understand the story right. Is that possibly, I mean, I absolutely could see Pete Davidson playing that game. I don't, I love Pete, but I don't think that he's above that at all. Any chance that that's what's going on here? I would say that there's a bit of of a connection between these two simultaneous romances um, and the, the respective reactions to them, how Kim and Pete are or are not reacting, and then how Julia and Ye are or aren't reacting. And um, I think that's just, the like the name of the game like you said that whole situation with taylor swift was even to this day it it is a mystery and that's part of the allure of it is like everyone has a different account of it and you can argue in favor of anyone involved in that situation and um there are still they, the facts some facts are there some facts are completely nowhere to be found and um that's that's the, the magic of i think the the these celebrities who know how to spin their lives into mm-hmm. news and so I, yeah i think yeah. pete pete on some level i think is having fun with that and like you know i blame him i'm gonna disagree i don't think so because that's a great conspiracy theory but kim is so protective of her kids and this has that's to true. do with their father and pete mm. david like I, sh- I don't think she would play that type of game because north is old enough to know about everything and i think she's so protective over her kids that if it were anything to do with kanye and even like putting her kids at risk that way, like even if Kanye's in on it and if it's anything to put her kids at risk, I don't think she'd be involved in that. But uh, there's more Kanye drama to all of this besides just the lyrics, which do probably state that um, 
it's a little more real than not. And it's that Kanye was on social media claiming to not be invited to his daughter Chicago's fourth birthday party after Kanye appeared in an interview claiming that his estranged wife now, Kim Kardashian, was keeping him from seeing his children. Kanye ended up showing up at the party after receiving the address from Travis Scott, which is probably my favorite part of the whole story because it's <laughs> so good. And the source close to Kim said that a lot of Kanye's claims are false. Kim's security didn't stop him from seeing the kids. He just can no longer walk inside her home without his permission because she has the right boundaries and privacy. So, I mean, I think Kim, again, is now just keeping keeping it calm. I don't think she would not let Kanye come to her kid's birthday party. And actually, she claimed that he was, like, invited. So... I'm curious what you think. It, it's a lot. It was a lot of my, the news was like going back and forth and I was like, this is fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. It, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, you go, Rich. I want to hear No, you I was say. just going to say, if you told me this was a story about something that happened on the colonization of Mars, I'd be like, yeah, all right, sure. Because this is <laughs> the most insane. Uh, but, you know, when you, I'm hearing it, it just reminds me of something Rebecca said that I don't know what's real. I, I couldn't possibly guess. But Kanye is choosing to make a story involving his kids a news story. And that is icky to me that's unfortunately icky even if it's true there are other channels other than public media when your kids probably go to school and have friends that follow all this stuff and oh that's that's unfortunate to hear yes and that's a line that kanye has crossed many times that something kim of all the lines that she'll play with in her public persona like her, her family really is one she's very mature and respectful about Kanye cannot say the same he's he's done this mm -hmm. before he's like made some crazy tweets about you know kids and like the like roasting like um <laughs> these kids like what the, the stormy one a few years ago like I couldn't I don't even yeah. remember what was real and what was it like turned into a meme but he was he was like roasting Kylie's child who at that point was like 18 months old I, I want to say and like <laughs> So he he's just when it comes to the kids, I think he can lose sight of that boundary in a way that Kim and honestly, I think that was there were many breaking points, as she said on SNL. The only the, the thing it came down to was his personality. Um, I think there were a lot of things that, that it came down to, but um, I do think the kids and the way that he handles his, their kids in the way he portrays himself in the media, like had to have been top of the list. Yeah. I completely but agree. In fairness, and maybe Kylie's 18-year-old month child deserved it. Maybe, maybe he yeah. was the victim and that's, the child was fair. the bully. It could if be. anyone's gonna yeah. be a bully, it's gonna be Stormy. So, yeah. so I, I do agree. So yeah, you can't crazy. argue with that one. Yeah. Stormy Stormy's so gonna storm. Stormy's yeah. gonna storm. Yes. She's gonna yeah. drop that rain. Yes. All right. So we did our, we had our obligatory uh, Kardashian news of the week. I do not foresee any weeks where the Kardashians don't come up. It's just, it's going to happen every time. It happens. And we're going to embrace that all together. Um, and then we have one fun, quick little story that we wanted to bring up, especially because we are on an SNL network, on the SNL network rather. Um, and that is the news broke today that Anna Kendrick and former cast member Bill Hader have been dating for about a year now. Um, quietly, secretly, casually, whatever you want to call it, um, dating. And it is just kind of a random news story that broke today. Um, and the, the source claimed that they're really happy and it's been easy to keep it casual and quiet because of COVID. So it's not like they've been hiding per se, more so that it's like they can kind of enjoy privacy 
without really trying that hard in, in these times. So um, I want to hear what you, what you have to say, both of you, what your thoughts are on this, and then I'll, I'll give mine. I like it. I mean, Anna Kendrick is funny. Bill Hader's funny. They're both attractive. Like, I really don't see any problem in it. Like, the fact that they were able to keep it under wraps for a year, like, to me, and I don't know, this is just my opinion. I think that that means that they're probably genuinely happy. They're not doing this for attention. They kept it under wraps. It's just the two of them for a year together um, dating. And I, I mean, I like it. I would love to like sit in on their dinner conversations. And this is a couple I'm rooting for. And I, I hope works out. And I hope that this, all this news and gossip is true because I really have no problems with this relationship. Here's the thing. I'm an adult. I I have a, a big job. I have family. I have responsibilities. There is no logical reason why I should care that two celebrities are dating. And yet, anytime I hear that two separate celebrities that I like separately are dating, I have this tween stan glee that comes I, I they've been shipped or whatever the right term is you kids <laughs> use i'm so happy it just makes me so happy to just think of them just hanging out making each other laugh over the dumbest things and maybe singing acapella with with plastic cups or something like i just i'm so happy to hear this i'm so it's such a fun thing and and he's i'm, I'm a huge bill Hader fan that's not a shock to yeah. anybody i don't think anyone on an snl podcast isn't a huge bill Hader fan but boy i love the idea of those two together that just seems like such a fun couple so yeah very happy about that we knew you belonged on this podcast we knew we exactly knew where you were Yes. You're, yes. We knew we I love the enthusiasm. Bella's on Urban so Dictionary happy. right now. Uh, like literally on Urban Dictionary right now, being like, what is the thing when young people like a celebrity couple together? Oh ship. Ship. That's I it. was ship. surprised I remembered the term. I thought I I, I think I, I confused. I, they they're they're percolating around. That's all I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm so impressed. And then there's there are really great metaphors to use with ships of like you know, if you really love a couple, you build the ship, it's in the port, are you going to have it go to sea? Like, it's it's this kind of never ending thing. It's the perfect, I think it originated on Tumblr, right? The phrase ship? I, yeah, you know, I think it's like, that's the first time yeah, I heard it. Me too. I think it was like a deep Tumblr, like, yeah. situation, but I've only ever used shipped in like, in celebrities. I would never say it about like two of my friends that are dating. I would never be like, oh, yeah, I ship them. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. like a parasocial thing. Like you, when it's like a celebrity couple or, um, I find like, I use it more about fictional couples than celebrities themselves. Like I use it more like Chuck and Blair on gossip girl was my like OG ship. Um, Oregon succession. I have my ships. Tom I knew, I knew it was coming. That's number like, three. Do you like this? Nicole? You have a ship. It? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Anna Kendrick, here's the thing about her. She bothers me a little bit, and I've realized the reason. The reason is that she reminds me of myself, like mm -hmm. an annoying theater kid who, like, just is very enthusiastic and, like, thinks they're funny and actually, I think, is funny. I think I'm a little bit funny, um, but it's, like, nerdy <laughs> funny. Um, and just, like, so I'm realizing, like, I she kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I think that's just an internal thing that I have to look inward to myself and be like, you know what? I don't have a problem with her. I just have to deal with my own insecurities and I have to embrace being a theater kid um maybe I need to do like a visceral exercise of like doing the cup song and like really channeling 
her as her, you know, in her spirit. And then I can respect her. Once I respect myself yeah. more, then I can respect her more. That's where I'm at. And then of That's course fair. I'm a big Bill Hader fan. Um and I Oh my god, yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm I'm shipping Nicole and Nicole's inner self. Aww. Oh, that's really sweet. My therapist uh, would love to hear that. <laughs> I mean, try out the cup song, send us a video. I I do have a large repertoire of videos of me doing the cup song when I was younger. I'm not a singer. I preface that, but I thought I was doing the cup song. So I wonder if I sent them to Bill Hader, if like he would date me. I, I feel like that is the ultimate Patreon member uh, bonus is videos mm, of Rebecca videos. doing the cup song when I'm she was a kid. Down. I'm in. Oh, I'm that, in. That is I'm the donating least right embarrassing now. video I have from when I was a kid. So I'm fine to share that one. I would make music videos galore in my room alone. So That's uh, same. Yeah. I mean, and like this, photo booth ones excited. with your friends. Yeah, I did that. Well, like while I was yeah. in my house, they were at their house, like separate oh, filming. High tech, and then high we, tech, would, yeah. we would combine yeah yeah you deep faked each Ooh. other onto um the same screen but yeah i was super excited to hear about that news today and excited to get to talk to you guys about it today and that being said um a, a thing that we love to do here started last week um is go through all of the <laughs> things that we talked about and every person gets one just one answer say what of all the things you think about will be mentioned on snl this weekend so just as a reminder, we talked about all the COVID protection, Brittany, Jamie Lynn, Wordle, Kanye, Pete Davidson, and then Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. So, Nicole, why don't you go first? What do you think will be on SNL this week? Ooh, okay. Um, here's what I think. I mean, I'm going to skip COVID because we like it's going to come up it's in some capacity. I'm going to... I'm going to say Brittany Spears and, and Jamie Lynn, and I say this mostly because it would be just so glaring to avoid it at this point because it's it's really like consuming pop culture right now. Um, and I think that it would be, like we talked a little bit last week about making these decisions in a less strategic OG SNL stats way of like like high risk, high reward. And, and I think mm -hmm. I chose a safer route last week. And this week I'm going with a more like um, the kind of story that I think is a little more sensitive and hard to joke about at this juncture in time and like this, this point. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think like if they skip it again, or I don't know, I don't think it was really addressed last week, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think I think it's time, um, and especially with like Chloe being on update last week as Elmo, I think I speak for a lot of us that we were thinking that if Chloe Chloe on update would be Britney related, and at that point, um, and we also know like Pete Davidson had something on update, and and it it ended up not making air, so. Um, like that in my mind, I was like, okay, so maybe he had something about his, his personal life that we've been waiting for, for months now. Um, so I guess that was kind of, a, I'm, I'm cheating. And I just said two things, you know what? I'm going to hold my original. I'll say, I'll Kay. say Brittany. Okay. Rich. Mm, see, I got to differentiate between the co's and the woos because you've got cold open, you've got weekend update because I see I see Pete coming on to talk about this as a woo. But then as a co, I feel like this. I don't think it's going to be Brittany yet. I think we're a week or two away. I'm going to go covid as the cold open. Uh, so, uh, But of everything, I would say I think it's going to be Pete Davidson on weekend update talking about Kanye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's. That's good. I do agree. I think I think they'll wait a little more for the Britney stuff because like 
honestly, when you have a story that's just moving this quickly and this fast paced, there's only going to be more content and more content by next week. So I'm going to say Wordle. And I'm going to say that like fairly, it's a little bit of a riskier choice, but I really think like it would be such a missed opportunity to not just like do Wordle or even if they just bring it up on update or just make a reference to it. I have a feeling we'll hear about Wordle at some point. It would be cool if they made it into a full game show, but I don't think they'll give us that airtime. I think you'll, um, I think weekend update, I think there's a punchline where there will be a five letter curse word with one letter yeah. missing and, uh, or two letters mixed in their yellow. I think that's a good Che joke. I could definitely see that coming. Yeah. Batch. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. There you go. You know what's yeah. five letters is a word that doesn't matter anymore um, because now the, it's two letters. Kanye is five letters, so maybe it could be something where like Kanye is on. Uh, Chris Red is doing his Kanye, and it's it's like they're they're choosing him for Wordle, but he even though I guess it's a proper noun, but um, it's some joke about how he that's not his name and he he doesn't fit yeah. into the mold of Wordle, and he is. He's his own entity and he's an, enig an enigma and he he cannot fit into this the structure of five letters. Uh, I don't know. I There's would. Yeah, I love the with. idea. I love the idea of Pete Davidson coming on as himself paired with Chris Red as Kanye. That oh, would be please. a nice yes. feature. How nice of yes. a feature would that I be? I also would not be surprised if we saw that this week, it next week amazing. or ever. Yeah, Chris had I, his I best episode fair. ever last week. Like he's on a roll. I want to just... Like after if, when someone has their best episode ever and then at you, it ends with you wanting so much more of them. Like that's that's where we're all at with Chris. I feel like it's he yeah. killed it last week. And now I just so I good. want more and more of him, like more big roles. Like he bring back his Kanye. Um, it's time there. There's and I think there's there's like a, a fun way to to do it. And then, of course, like Will Forte. I don't know. I think he could. Somehow, like, it would be, like, almost ironic and, and funny for him to insert himself into the Kardashian drama somehow. Like, I, I just... I want him to play that Pete. That'd be kind of fun. And then Pete play someone Ooh. else. I love when they do. I love when they, like... It was me, that's too. Good. Oh, it's my favorite. Okay, it, so like, if that, like, kills playing me. Pete. There we go. And then Pete will Pete play... Pete playing, like, like, Chicago for her birthday. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> okay. Sure. I can't think of a role for him in this situation unless he plays like Travis Barker in some sort of sketch that is a very Pete-esque mm -hmm. character, aka yeah, no sure. personality and tattoos. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Any other predictions? No, oh, we're good. That's I feel good. Like we we aired a lot out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was so much fun. I um I want to go through a little bit of what's coming up with us, and then um. We'll hear a little bit more from Rich uh, after that about what your experience was like, your your first <laughs> Hollywood Dish episode. Um, before we do that, I just quickly want to just kind of jump into what we have coming up next on the SNL Network. So we have Will Forte coming up. Um, he's hosting this week. We're all very excited. Um, it's going to be just like the sweetest homecoming ever. So deserved. Can't wait. So, of course, like the coverage as usual we've got our hot take show on saturday night right after the show it's the best place to be it's it's the after show if you can't make it into the the real life after show where it's a pretty close second i think from your you know sitting in your bed on your computer or your your screen just come hang with us and type in the chat yeah. what you think I've of the episode crazy stories about the snl network after party yes oh don't spread rumors now be careful we keep yeah. it under wraps it's pretty crazy Get all the rumors out. are true Okay, mm -hmm. if I didn't say it, Rebecca said it. You didn't hear it from me, you heard it from my co-host. 
Um, yeah, we do have a lot of fun. I'm going to be on that one. So um, tune in if you like me. And if you don't like me, there are three other people there too. So you, know, <laughs> you win either way. You love, love me, hate me. There's someone for you. Uh, then we, all, we all, as always, also, we have the roundtable on Monday, which will be a more in-depth discussion of the episode. Um, and then we've got our patron feedback show coming up later in the week. Um, on Wednesday, and that's going to be basically the Patreon feedback show. It's an opportunity for someone who's with us on Patreon, who's a, a subscriber on Patreon, who, to be on the podcast. So you're going to be talking with John, um, our usual co-host, who we kick off on Thursdays when we do Hollywood Dish, and you just talk to John about whatever you want, pretty much the past episode, the upcoming episode of SNL. It's really fun. Um, it's always really fun to listen to for me too. So um, th that's going to be really great. And then we're back on Thursday. Hollywood Dish will be back and kicking yes. a week from today. So we've got a lot of content coming up as always. So stay tuned. Um, yeah. Rich, how was your experience? What, what do you think? I, I'm so, I think I can finally exhale. I think I held my own <laughs> talking about Dish. Uh, thank you for humoring me. I mean, having me on the podcast. This was so much fun. This was really great. Yeah, thank oh, you so much for happen. being here. You're our first guest and a really, really good one. And we would definitely lo would love to have you back sometime. But So thank you for joining us. Sure. Thank you, everyone in the chat and any listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next Thursday. Mm -hmm.